When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. I hope you saved room for dessert. I'm almost full. Almost. Who doesn't love dessert? You have earned this. Breakfast. Homemade pecan pie. I love Whatever happened to angel food cake? Any type of rhubarb pie. Rhubarb strawberry. Rhubarb peach. That's sour and sweet together. It's hard to beat. Who saved room for dessert? It's dessert breakfast. So, Joe Sanfilippo, is there something people don't know about you that they should know or that you want them to know about you? Um, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess I, I used to want to be a priest. That's, that's weird. Wow. Um, I wanted to be a priest until I was, I think I was 13 or 14. Um, uh, went, went to, I grew up Catholic school. I was, there was an altar boy and, 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 uh, I, I really loved the church and I really loved. Um, I, I never met a bad priest. I mean, I, I know, you know, there's all kinds of shots being taken all the time and I, and I understand right. it makes nothing but sense and God knows I've taken them, but in, in all fairness, in, in, in just real talk, I, I've never met a priest in all of my life that was not dedicated to the church and dedicated more importantly to the people that they were, uh, that they were, they felt called to serve. And I loved the simplicity of it and the beauty of it. The idea that you could just live your whole life to, uh, to serve other people. I thought that was amazing. And then, um, and as I got older and, uh, you know, my body started going through some changes, um, maybe it wasn't all the way to 14, probably 12, 13. Then, uh, then, then it, it, the whole situation started to seem a little silly, but, um, but for a long time, I really wanted to be a priest. That was, Interesting. uh, that's, that's, that there was, a, there was a guy named father Ken DC and, uh, he's, he's still around he's, he's kind of a, um, a celebrity, a little bit of a celebrity priest in, in his own way. He, he's been on a bunch of talk shows and he has a, a, a um, uh, not a foundation, but he has like a, a charity that he's, that that's part of the church that he's, that he does a lot of work with and uh really terrific guy. And he was, uh, when St. Bernadine's was his first church when he became a priest and he really was in, influential in a lot of kids' lives and and a really terrific guy. So uh, really, and shout out to Father Ken, because he was awesome. Wow, excellent. Yeah, I grew up Catholic also, and I had a good experience with the priests uh, in our in our church. They're always very cool and um, very nurturing and, and good guys. We had a priest, I can't remember which one it was now, but one of our priests when I was growing up in Nebraska, actually back in the day had known the real Von Trapp family, you know, from oh, like wow. Sound of Music. Yeah, so I th- always thought that was kind of cool. And uh, when I was in the Navy, I don't know if you've ever got a chance to go to like Vatican City. Yes. But that that's it's something else, isn't it? Yeah. It's no matter 
how many pictures you look at, no, it's it doesn't bigger than you think it is. It is. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. My, my reaction over there was so, inter- it was so bizarre because it, it is so beautiful. And, you know, they took all of that, all of that, uh, that, that cop brass was a brass off the part, the, the Parthenon and they melted it down and made that, um, uh, the, the, the altar piece there. And I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah. Uh, Bernini's, I don't know that um, I know it. Oh, what's it called? But those, those spires that, that just almost look like they defy gravity. It's just so amazing. But it, it, it felt very much to me like, um, like, like, like St. Peter's was, was for the church. It didn't feel like it was for God. It felt like it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, but the rest of Rome, I mean, you, you, every church you go into in Rome, you're like, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. And then you go two blocks down, you go to another church. You're like, nope, this is the most beautiful church I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever seen the, have you ever been to Barcelona? Seen that Sagrada Familia church? No, I haven't been. You have to, have you seen pictures of it? If not, it's this, it's this, um, architect named Gaudi. And, uh, from what I heard, his name is the reason we have the word gaudy because his, uh, Oh really? Yeah. Because his things are just so ornate. Like he has a building, I don't remember in Spanish, it, it's called like the house of the bones. And it looks like it's made out of a skeleton kind of the, the house, oh, well, but I this church, they've been building the exterior of this church for I don't know. I want to say 50 years. Maybe it's longer than that. And you can literally see as they go around the church that the art is getting newer and more modern. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. So it's it's like almost like doing like a mural of like evolution by walking around this church. And I think it's still not done. It's it's the craziest looking church I'll ever see. And it's it's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> when I now. So you were you were an altar boy oh, when yeah. you were in school. I did it like three times. I just got so nervous doing it. I just, it wasn't, I didn't enjoy it. And I, uh, I, t- <laughs> I actually went to them and said, Hey, my mom and dad don't want me to be an altar boy anymore. We, I like yeah. totally lied. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then my parents were like, Hey, how come you haven't been altar boy lately? And I was like, Oh, oh. Well, you, I don't know. Mom, I don't you, know. Said you didn't want me to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weren't you oh. an altar boy this week? <laughs> we, used to, we had a, a, a priest, he just passed away this year. Monsignor Murray was, he, he opened our church and he passed, I think he was 101 when he passed or 102. He, he was, and, but when I was a kid, he was a uh, guy, he was, this had to be, so he was in his late seventies, early eighties at the time. And, um, and so when we were kids, he would do the six o'clock in the morning mass. So every, every day of the week, Monday through Friday, there's a 6 a.m. mass. And there's a handful of old folks who come to this mass, but you just still needed altar boys. So you, you, you got to, you had to do the 6 a.m. mass once every schedule, which was horrible. So you'd have to get your parents to drive you to, to, to church at five 30. So you can get ready for the six o'clock mass that literally 10 old ladies would come to. I mean, that was the deal. Yeah. But, um, but and my, the same 10 ladies every time, every single time, no doubt. And, and so you'd, you'd be there and you you know, your hair was kind of like comb, but kind of not. And you had a huge cowlick and you were half asleep and Monsignor Murray would get up there and he'd start the mass. And the, 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 the 6 a.m. mass Monday through Friday did not have a homily. They just, they cut that out. So it was just the mass minus the homily. So, um, so they, Wait, he, the homily is like the message part, right? The, the, it's the 6 a.m. What? Mass. What's he going to do? Come up with five, <laughs> ho- five homilies all, all week long. And, and uh, how many, that's a uh, 300 and some of you. That's impossible. So, My favorite would be if they had just the homily and the rest of it was gone. I don't that's, know. that's a Christian, uh, sir. That's a Christian service. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> so Monsignor Murray would pass out every, every morning. So was he, he okay when he passed out? Well, he was fine, but he was asleep. And uh, <laughs> wait, you're so, he really did pass out. Yeah. So I thought you were going to so, say he would pass out flyers. Or something. No. He passed so out. he would, he would do the gospel. And then instead of the homily, he'd sit down and he'd pray and then he'd fall asleep. 
And this was oh, every morning no. like awkward. And so then the two, the two uh, altar boys, would look at each other and be like, it's your turn, go. Like, no, it's your turn, you go. And it's so like, cause, cause when you went up there, you had to wake him up, but he always pretended he wasn't asleep. So you go up right. there and you'd, uh, you'd kind of touch him on the arm. Oh, Senor Murray. And he, <laughs> what? I'm praying. Why would you touch him? I'm praying. Leave me be. I'm praying. <laughs> I was talking to God. <laughs> So Thanks. Every, every morning you'd sit there right at the waiting. All right. How long is it going to go today? You know, and, and you know, it was, it was, uh, looking back, it's funny at the time, you know, you're, you know, 12 years old trying to go like, well, what do we do? Joe, I was, I was, I was talking to God. Apologize to God right, right now. You tell him sorry for me. <laughs> that's funny. I was going to ask you if anything strange ever happened. That's the strange thing that happened. I, the strangest thing I ever saw and, and nothing strange ever happened when I was being altar boy, but I do remember one time I was at church and one of the altar boys, he kneeled down and this can of skull fell out of his pocket and like rolled halfway across the church. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do your dip. Yeah. <laughs> you got to dip right oh, before man. church. <laughs> we, we would get, I don't know if they did this with you guys, but we would get, I think we get 20 bucks for doing a wedding and 15 bucks for doing a funeral, which, uh, which was bullshit, by the way. Like that should have been flipped. Like putting a bunch of kids in a room with a corpse, you should be getting more money for the corpse. That should be more money for I'm the traumatizingness of it. Right? So like that sucked. If you were on like the list where you were, and because the, sometimes they couldn't get uh, an altar boy for the funeral. So they kind of like put a pressure on you a little bit. Like, hey, uh, God knows you, you need to do, a, you haven't done a funeral, Joe, and you need to, God knows. And you're like, shit. Wow. So you'd stand there in those pasty, you know, like, oh, shit. And you know, it's somebody's such and such. And it's all the, ugh. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah. Wow. But weddings were fun. Those were, those were cool. I bet they were. Yeah.